Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, August the 9th. And welcome to our commentary. This is a story that I just read in the last hour or two. And that is that Senator Feinstein, uh, who is 90 years old and not in good health, apparently had an accident or fell down in her home or office in San Francisco. Uh, I mean, I hope she's doing well. I don't have any further reports. I I did. I think I heard that she's back at home. But, you know, when you're 90 years old and you have an accident like that, that can be that can be very scary. So we wish uh, Senator Feinstein the best. She's not in good health, and honestly, I think she should have resigned uh, some time ago because you, you, you cannot have a senator in a condition like that. But, you know, that's the way uh, the politics goes, as they say. But we hope uh, for a speedy recovery for Senator Feinstein. But honestly, I hope after this that she will consider resignation. She'll be, a, she'll be, re- I mean, she'll be replaced by a Democrat, so it's not going to change any any of the party makeup in uh, in the U.S. Senate, but I do believe, though, that uh, that it could have an impact on the Judiciary Committee because, in order to get on that committee, you need to have 60 votes, and that may not be possible in the partisan atmosphere uh, in Washington. So, again, for the sake of Senator Feinstein, I hope that she recovers, but this does have at least an impact on the Senate Judiciary Committee, an important committee for nominating and approving judges uh, to the courts. Well, you may have uh, you you may have heard that uh, Senator or President Biden is in the West Coast and he's getting all kinds of questions. Of course, he got a question from Peter Ducey of Fox News regarding more money apparently coming into his family. Look, I don't know where this is going to end. At the moment, apparently, there's no interest on the part of the of the media to look into this. But, uh, you know, when a, when a family is getting that kind of money, and they apparently have bank records and stuff like that, you obviously have to wonder, you know, why they're getting that kind of money. I mean, it's not like Hunter Biden had a business or produced anything that would encourage anybody to do business with him. I mean, the only reason that he was doing business with anybody was because his name was Biden. And, uh, you know, so it just seems to me that there's something bad happening here. And I know that the media is not interested in it, but I do think this is going to eventually become a problem uh, for for President Biden. I mean, for President Biden. I, I just don't see how he can get around this. And I continue to to stick to my prediction that he's not going to be the nominee for the Democrats in 2024. There's just too many problems, too many problems with him, including, of course, uh, the overall situation with the economy and and just the sense that he's not on top of on top of his job. There may be more, apparently more uh, indictments against President Trump. They're not going to have any political impact on him uh, as far as the Republican nomination is concerned, because I think you know, a lot of Republicans have just pretty much accepted the idea that he's going to be indicted, and that's about it. Now, it could have an impact on the general election, uh, depending on where these indictments uh, eventually go. But from what I'm hearing from a lot of experts is they're not even going to get to trial 
uh, anytime soon. So a lot of this stuff could actually, these trials and all of these things could be happening either around election or after election time, which means, of course, that would actually help uh, President Trump. So, you know, it, it's it's very, very sad that we've come to this where we're just investigating people and we're not getting anything done with some of the problems that the country has, but that is where we are. That is where we are as a country. And it's very sad how polarized uh, everything is at the moment. I have a post over at the American Thinker I wanted to tell you about, and that's a post about this latest uh, effort by the Biden administration to come up with another gimmick to uh, do away with student debt. You know, the first one that they implemented was shut down by by the Supreme Court. He's got another one that uh, has been shut down by another federal judge. But, you know, as I wrote in my post, uh, he's going to be losing these fights with the courts because he doesn't have the presidential authority to do this. But I do expect him or whoever the Democrat uh, nominee is to bring this up again, because this is this, this whole topic has nothing to do with student debt. It has to do with mobilizing uh, the university vote and getting a lot of university students to vote Democrat strictly on this uh, on this basis of of uh, canceling uh, student debt. So it, it, the issue is not going to go away. It'll come back in some other form. But I think every time it gets to the courts, it's going to be shut down because, again, the president uh, of the United States does not have the authority to do uh, something like this. One of the most interesting uh, uh, issues that you're seeing around the country, you're seeing this in Oakland, California, where the NAACP Uh, went to a city council and started demanding of the city council more protection and more police for the cities. Unfortunately, Oakland, uh, California is just a mess. You know, the amount of crime in that city, it has made the city into a, as they call it, a, a place where fentanyl is all over and people are leaving the city. People are not going to the city because of all the difficulties uh, with crime. And the same thing, of course, is happening in Washington, D.C., a city that has been taken over uh, by crime. I also read that Philadelphia is no better. But there's a city councilman in Washington, D.C., who has uh, basically stood up and said, hey, we need the National Guard. We cannot do this by ourselves. Our police cannot do this by ourselves. Now, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, you know, what National Guard uh, the city of Washington would rely on, because as you know, that's the District of Columbia run by the federal government. So I don't know if he's asking President uh, Biden to send in the National Guard. I guess that's the only one he could be asking because they don't have a governor, as uh, most states uh, would have. But he's basically saying the crime is out of control and we need more uh, police and we need more authority because the streets are are out of control. And unfortunately, they are. They are. And as we saw in Oakland, where the NAACP came to the city council protesting, what they were saying is that the biggest victims of crime in Oakland, as is the case in most of these cities, are the minorities, African-Americans who live in these communities day in and day out, who walk these streets, who work in these communities, who run these businesses in these communities. They're the ones who are being impacted by all of this. And they're the ones who, um, well, they're the ones who are being killed, unfortunately. And they have to, I mean, just think what it must be like to walk through some of these streets. Uh, You know, the quality of life must be absolutely 
absolutely uh, terrible. So hopefully, hopefully there will be some Democrat governors, whether it's in California or New York or Maryland, um, who will stand up for the people who are having to live like this, Pennsylvania, who are having to live like this and at least put the National Guard on the streets to create some safety and some order in some of these cities overwhelmed by crime. I, I don't understand why the governors don't do it right now. They have the National Guard. They have the authority to do it. They could do it, but uh, unfortunately, uh, they just don't do it. I, I don't know why. I think it's uh, it's terrible for the poor people who have to live in in these uh, in these uh, cities. Well, on this day in history, a couple of uh, the most important uh, events of the 20th century happened on on this day, August 9th. The first one is 1945. This was the day that the second atomic bomb was dropped. Uh, on Nagasaki, another city in Japan, Hiroshima a few days before, and now Nagasaki. And that's two atomic bombs in less than a week. And I think by now, the message was made very clear to the emperor of Japan that there would be more cities hit by atomic bombs if Japan did not uh, did not surrender. Japan eventually did surrender within the next uh, few weeks, and the war, at least in Japan, uh, was brought to an end. But the Nagasaki bomb was actually, or the damage, was not as big in Hiroshima. I think there were more people in Hiroshima than Nagasaki who were killed by the war. But nevertheless, it was a brutal thing to get hit by an atomic bomb. And uh, thankfully, the emperor of Japan got the message and decided that it was time to surrender and put the war behind them because there would have been a lot more casualties on both sides, really, if this had not ended. The other big story on this day in history was 1974, and this is the day that Gerald Ford became the president of the United States. Gerald Ford uh, was vice president, and at noon on August 9, 1974, he became president. He was sworn in following the resignation of Richard Nixon. And Ford, of course, is a unique historical person because he was never elected to anything. He was never elected to the vice presidency and obviously was never elected uh, to the presidency, but he did become president because of the constitutional process. He became president of the United States on this day in 1974. It's one of those events, when you think about it, it's just like Nagasaki. Of course, I don't remember Nagasaki. I wasn't even born. But in the case of, of, the, of the day that President Ford became president, I do remember that. I do remember that, and, and that is, I think when you lived through a moment, whether it was the landing on the moon, whether it was uh, uh, obviously the resignation and appointment of a new president, or when you lived through 9-11, when you live through these big events, they tend to stay with you. And I know that uh, the day that President Ford became president is one of those days I remember quite well. And uh, Ford turned out to be a two-year president because he was defeated by Governor Jimmy Carter in 1976. But I think overall, he did a pretty good job of at least uh, stabilizing the country and putting uh, Watergate behind us. And he was a good man. He was an honest man. But he just couldn't run in 1976 with the weight of Watergate. Also, there was a little recession that did not help him. But as it turned out, it was a very close election. It was a very close election in 1976, and Jimmy Carter uh, defeated him uh, defeated him that year. 
Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.